Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Indie Radio presents Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. The show that breaks down all new episodes of your favorite zombie TV show right here on IndieRadio.org. And now, here are the hosts of the podcast, Kente, Jen, and Olaf. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm happy to be with you here today. And we're going to talk some Walking Dead, of course. So uh, let me introduce my co-host before we get it going. Uh, I'm going to start off with the one and only, I'm going to start ladies first. Uh, Jen, how are you doing, Jen? Hey, I'm doing good. I don't know if you heard, but it snowed on Maui. Yeah, does that mean Jesus is coming back? I think it does. I'm pretty sure. Actually, it's either that or Candyman is coming. <laughs> uh, I think some people might even want Candyman more than they want uh, our Lord and well, Savior. Well, maybe if we have a combination of the both of them, it'll be fun. Uh, say that again? I'm sorry. I said maybe if we have a combination of both of them, it'll be fun. Hey, you never know. You never know who he might roll with. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you are here. And uh, you recently uh, did something pretty cool. Uh, if you don't mind sharing with the uh, audience what you did. Oh, well, I, look, I do so many cool things. Can you narrow it down to one of the cool things I've done? Uh, this one was not done on land. Oh, yes. Well, <clears throat> here on Mount. We have these awesome visitors that come to our waters every winter. They're called the humpback whales and they have their babies here. So we went out on a whale watch and we hung out and watched all of the whales. There were tons of baby whales. There was pods of dolphins. You know, you get to kind of hang out and make fun of the tourists. It's awesome. We had, we really did have a good time. It, it's fun. Unless you're one of the tourists getting bullied by you. Well, we, we don't bully them in earshot. We just, you know, snark at them and send each other text messages. It's kind of cool. You know, the age of technology has really opened up a whole new door in snark. Uh, well, more like a whole age of bullying. <laughs> <clears throat> we, didn't bu we didn't bully any of the tourists. We just made fun of their goofy hats and their socks with sandals. That's not, that, not that they know of that you made fun of them. We wouldn't do that. We love our tourists. They are the most awesome people when they come to Maui. And everybody, when they're watching whales, is pretty much equal anyway. Oh, okay. I see. That's how it goes. Well, I'm glad that you are here, and I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you. Yeah, me too. All right. So, Olaf, uh, let's talk about you. Uh, how you been? It's been a minute. Oh, I've been doing good. It's like busy, busy as always. It's like, you know, it's always like a great, another, another great day in the great state of Indiana. It's like where we can't decide whether it's going to rain, snow, freeze, or be, you know, suntan lotion weather. Yeah, we get all three in the same day most times. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. It's like doing good and, uh, uh, tonight I come to you from a different location than I have been. It's like I've actually managed to 
uh, almost take residence in my uh, in my house uh, that I've been working on for two years. <laughs> All right. <sighs> All right, and you're working on getting my room ready, right? Yes, I got to say, I, I, your room is ready, and, and, and Kente, like I showed you your room, it has a very open-air concept to the room. <laughs> With friends like you. <laughs> well, now, see, that's like, but see, now, think about it this way, because that room is, you'll be just, you'll be a, another stud in that room. <laughs> right. <laughs> stud in your room. Oh. The the fun the really fun part about this is this is my childhood home. This is where I grew up at. So uh, I, I it's like lived in this house for a good number of years, lived out of it for a good number of years, and now I'm back in it again. All right. Well, I the same thing here. I'm I'm in my childhood home as well. So I hope to never see my childhood home ever again because <laughs> they get snow. I mean. <laughs> no. Well, you know, when you're still a child, it <laughs> it's probably good that you're in your childhood home. Oh, are are, are you guys, are you guys still are you guys going through your second childhood? Is that what you're trying to say? Because that's kind of cool. Pretty much. I uh, I don't I haven't grown up yet. I, uh, I've I've never gotten out of my first childhood. So how can I go through my second childhood? Oh wow, that's a long childhood <laughs> Yeah, I, it's like I ain't never. I said I refuse to grow up. It's like I've seen what grown ups have to go through. I ain't doing it. Mm -mm. I don't never gonna grow up. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna send Olaf all the adulting memes. Everybody, send Olaf a hundred <laughs> adulting memes. Bill Maher's gonna believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Having a little audio problems, fixing that. <laughs> but uh, no, so I'm so glad that we are here and looking forward to chopping it up about this episode. So um, let's talk about it. Um, we're talking about episode nine of season nine. No, we're talking uh, about episode ten of season. I'm sorry, episode ten of. Thank you. I'm glad one of us uh, has our thinking caps on tonight. Episode. I write 10. reviews, so you know. Right. right. Episode 10 of uh, Season 9 of The Walking Dead. And this episode is entitled Omega. And I believe the last episode was Alpha, right? It was. Yes. So um, this episode is told through flashbacks uh, as well as uh, present day action as well. And um, in this episode, I, I really believe that the thing is that we're trying to get to a point where we accept uh, Daryl Dixon as the uh, the you know the lead, because remember, a lot of us we questioned whether or not uh, Daryl had it in him, you know, to do this. Uh, well, I didn't, uh, fans. It was all it was all Olaf. It wasn't me. Send <laughs> 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 hate mail to Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> That's Olaf Barbosa at hotmail.com. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, I'll take some of of as well. So uh, I think this particular this um, aspect. No, I'm sorry. The last episode was uh, 
uh, was in fact called um, uh, oh, ad- adaptation. adaptation. My bad. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm probably gonna get hate mail for not knowing that. But uh, so uh, but um, anyway, going back to to uh, this episode, it it seems pretty clear that's what they're trying to get you to believe for season ten that he's gonna make this leap. And Daryl at times has used his brain. When you say he's used his brain a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. So far. Right. I mean he uses his hat his head for not just a hat, hat rack at times. Um and so this one we're supposed to believe he's cunning and he's gonna come up with, you know, uh the plan to figure out uh, our prisoner here. So um let's talk about uh, the flashbacks and what they ultimately add up to. Uh, and, you know, we'll start off with you, Jen. Uh, what do you make of the way that this episode was told? And um, let's just focus on the flashback a- aspect of it. Um, how, what did you think about it? Well, first off, uh, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Um, first off, I, I have to say that this is a better use of flashbacks than I've seen them used before mm-hmm. because a lot of times when they use flashbacks, they're trying to convey information that maybe uh, isn't quite relevant to the timeline. It might be relevant to the character, but it's not quite relevant to the timeline. And this really worked well. Um, the other thing that I really liked about it was if you watch the flashbacks, you can see a lot of cool visual cues where Lydia is struggling with her memory. So it's kind of nice. They did a good job. I was very impressed by that. Mm. Secondly, um, the flashbacks themselves in terms of content, you know, what was really interesting to me was the way that, um, I, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this before, but my brother and I will sit down at the kitchen table and we'll be talking about something that's happened in our childhood. And he has a completely different memory of what happened than I do. And, you know, he will fill in bits that I can't fill in. And what I found so fascinating about this was not just is she trying to like fill in the gaps and she can only sort of get to the really important things, but the fact that the memory is sort of uh, misconstrued a bit backwards uh, of a lot backwards is, is something that even if alpha hadn't done that, it's still such an interesting perspective to use with a child's flashback. I mean, it, I actually felt like it was, authentic to the way that a kid might see things did you guys feel that way too uh yeah i thought it was uh very well done uh and you know like i said we've criticized the show quite a bit but i have to definitely say that uh i thought it was really good very well well done Uh, what about you hola yeah it's like yeah the i I agree the use of the flashback flashbacks this time it's like it kind of made sense and it was not just like what the world are you doing that had no place being there so i think they did yeah they did a did a good job with this time yes um let me say this uh about uh this um this episode in particular uh i really enjoyed the the dialogue as well and uh, the even the emotional points in it as well, because I think sometimes the show, unfortunately, 
when it gets to some of the emotional scenes, it doesn't always hit the mark. But I, I thought this one very well. And and I think adding, I mean, they kind of went over some backstory with Daryl that we've gone over before. But I think in this way, I love the presentation of it. You know, um, I thought that it was definitely well done and well, you know, it, it wasn't just to kind of go over his backstory, you know, and what he went through. I felt like it had it had purpose in this episode, and I really in, enjoyed that aspect of it. Well, you know, um, in when you do character expose, um, a lot of times it, it's real easy to go overboard, where you become um, almost annoyed by the character's backstory because the the writers are trying to hit you over the head with how terrible things are, and in this episode. Okay, so we get it, right? Things actually were pretty terrible. But when you put it into uh, sort of a juxtaposition with Daryl's backstory, it's it's so interesting because, and also they slipped in Carol's too. Right. Um, that whole thematic piece of domestic violence feels like it is, and I wrote this actually, but you know, it's just because the zombie apocalypse is happening doesn't mean that people are basically changing all that much the idea that there is still this, you know, insidiousness that people can still be mean to each other or that the scars that people are carrying from the pre-apocalypse still carry over to the post-apocalypse is a pretty powerful one. I, I really, I liked that theme. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, no, very well done. And uh, I felt like, you know, some of these characters we got to know even better, you know? And uh, it was, I, I kind I like where this where it's going. You know, uh, do you guys agree? Yeah, I do. I I definitely agree. I I I have moments where I doubt how they will bring Daryl back into sort of the good graces uh, of you know, hey, I can be a leader instead of just a loner outside by myself. But but you know, it's okay. So I got to start with this in the in the comics. It's Carl that has this relationship with Lydia and Lydia ultimately becomes her or his girlfriend. Um, and for a while there, I couldn't figure out how they were going to do it. it. But what what I find sort of uh, nice in this is that there's there's the Lydia part of this. There's the Daryl piece to it, which sort of allows Daryl to be less... Uh, not less tough, but more interactive with people because he shares commonality with them. And when Henry said to Daryl, Hey, you know, I'm really glad that you're still my friend's mom. It, it something, I don't know. It's something seemed really important about that. I don't know exactly what it was, but it felt like they were like pulling Daryl over toward the Henry Carroll side of things in maybe a, a slightly different way than we have seen before, right? Does that make sense? No, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I liked it. Go ahead. Like I was saying, yeah, it does. Uh, it, it 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 makes sense. But it does make sense what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, let's talk to, about Henry. Uh, this is this season or this season's been big for Henry. Obviously, uh, we really get to know him, and 
I don't know if he's kind of replaced Carl uh, or Chandler as uh, the young guy to kind of focus on. And uh, so my question to you guys is, uh, are we buying Henry as a viable character that we'll care, care about going forward? Well, I, I kind of think that he, he will be because, like I said, the way they're building him or the way they're, you know, I said building him, uh, the way they're uh, introducing him and stuff and bringing him in, I think he could actually become a viable character in, in the series. Okay. What about so, you? Well, so the, here's the thing, right? I mean, like, I don't want to draw equivalence between Chandler and well, I, I don't want to draw equivalence between Carl's character and um, and Henry, but I will say that it it's disturbing that the show chose to write Carl out of the script while replacing him with Henry. Mm-hmm. I it I don't really understand what that logic was about, and I will add that Henry definitely feels like his own character this i I don't get the carl 2.0 vibe from him at all henry has a much uh simpler sort of outlook maybe because henry hasn't seen quite as much as carl did out on the road um but there's something there's something still uh innocently opportunistic about henry which feels refreshing because we have so much jaded cynicism and uh, distrust. And I mean, Michonne is one giant bucket full of cynicism and distrust. And so it's nice to have a counterbalance to that, which I don't think Carl ever would have been uh, because of all the stuff that he's been through already. But don't you guys find it a little bit odd that they sort just sort of like, I don't know, not that they switched places, but that they, you know, came up with the lead and put in Henry instead of Carl? No, no, yeah. Um, there was a, um, an article that came out that I had been meaning to uh, read where, as Chandler Riggs' father talks about his son uh, leaving the show, and uh, I decided, you know what, I um, while, while you were talking, that I would, wanted to bring it up. Uh, or I mean, look it up so I can say, you know, kind of add to that. I don't know if you were aware of this, right? Did you read it? No. Okay, it says, um, let's see. He wanted to clarify that Chandler didn't want to leave the show. And the active father said that Gimple personally called Chandler and said the show needed, show needed his services for three more years which led to Chandler signing a two-year contract with a one-year option. Afterwards, Chandler bought a house near the set, enrolled in the University of Georgia oh God. Uh, and all of this. And it was in the middle of June. His 18th birthday uh, was coming up. Uh, five episodes were filmed, and they asked my wife and I both uh, be at a meeting with Chandler which was a little odd. And uh, let me go down. And then Scott Gimple was the only one there and told us that Charles, <laughs> that Carl will be gone in a few episodes. And he said Chandler was absolutely devastated. 
I was disappointed that Scott had been dishonest with this 17-year-old oh, uh, making life uh, decisions one of us and waited to tell us. <laughs> That's not the first time they've done this on this show. I mean, they, uh, you know, uh, like uh, that, that same thing happened to so. Uh, is that what you? Is that when you go? Oops, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they did it to uh, not Sophia. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? The the blonde who um, was messing with the governor. Oh, um, Andrea. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. They she they did the same thing basically to her. Uh, it wasn't Gimple though, but they told her. Cause she wanted to know if she should buy a house and all of that. And he said, Oh yeah, you're going to be on at least a season eight. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they killed her the same year. <laughs> it's like, I guess if you start asking about your future, uh, that means to so, don't buy the house. Cause so uh, the secret is don't ask how long you're going to be on. <clears throat> Cause you'll be wrote off quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he, uh, um, but there's more to it, and I'll put these in the show notes. Well, um, okay, so interesting. Okay, so so observation, right? Because I really was one of the strongest people to say I really didn't like Carl's character. I didn't like how they formed him. I didn't like uh, I didn't like what they did with the character when they got to the point where he should have been evolving, and they. I don't. I'm not even sure what they were trying to do. I just feel like I feel like Carl was a lost orphan in the show itself, not as a character, but as, as a uh, giving thought it's, I mean, Carl got more consideration after his death than he did for three seasons before it. She, I mean, it's just, I don't know. There's something so messed up about it. However, I, I can say that and say, I also really don't like the way that they just shoehorned Henry into Carl's roles because uh, you know, if if that's the way that they are going to run the show, then that feels like no character has any kind of um, play. With, like, we shouldn't really even bother to uh, want to get to know or feel anything for any of the characters. Not just because, you know, look, if you get eaten by a zombie, yes, okay. But these arbitrary choices behind the scenes, they really sort of kill what goodwill you have for the show. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, and and I thought that moment should have should have been bigger as far as you know, like it should have really had an impact. It, his death, and it did. I mean, to a certain degree, with the core fans, but it wasn't that awe moment, you know, where when you kill off somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like it was only big in the fact that he was a character from the beginning that we you know, that a lot of fans love, but as far as his death was just kind of, you know, eh, ho-hum to me. Well, everybody, I'm not saying that Rick and Michonne did because Rick and Michonne didn't move on really fast. Right. Cause there were some episodes that did pretty good follow up with that, but mm -hmm. all the other cast, it, it felt like Carl, Carl who? Right. Uh, and it was like, what, wait a minute, guys. It just felt so disingenuous from a writing perspective. And I, I, I honestly can say that it felt like they were being petty and personal, not like they were being, no, we need this for the artistic strength of the show. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I think it was definitely an opportunity gone. I mean, if you're gonna do it, which we're fine, we're fine with him. You know, them doing what they, you know, they feel like they need to do. But right, right, it, just, it didn't really have an impact to me. Right, it should. Right, it should have meant more. And then also on top of that, we probably shouldn't just try to throw Henry into all of Carl's roles. Yeah. I mean, you know. You guys are awesome writers, you know, or at least I am feeling that way through this season. There's no reason that you couldn't have created the Lydia storyline to do something a little bit different than have a male protagonist be at her side to sort of rescue her, you know, do the 21st century thing and have Lydia rescue herself, do whatever. I, I'm not saying that there's any one case to be had, but there are many ways to write out of this that don't need to artificially throw Henry into something that maybe he really isn't tailored for. But I, I would say this though. I mean, I don't have a problem with him rescuing her uh, in a way because she needs a lifeline into the group. And you know, so if she did it by herself. But I that could have been Daryl. It could have been Daryl could have taken her as, you know, his his uh, his not protege, but, you know, someone that he cared about, someone that he felt simpatico with because of their shared past abuse. I don't know. Like, I feel like there could have been a lot of different scenarios for it to work. I'm, again, I'm not who knows. It might turn out great. And maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised by what the. Henry Lydia storyline does. Uh, this is only the very beginning. I only just realized that that's where they were going and remembered the comics and all that. But it does just feel a little, uh, I don't know, too thrown together. Too, um, ultimately, this whole episode, although it was good and I really did like it, it still felt incredibly contrived. From the very first moment that stuff was happening it felt like I could have told you what was going to happen 10 minutes before everything happened. And I, I, I don't like that. That actually bugs me. So Jen just is against love. That's all. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Me, me and Olaf. Unless it's boy. We're all for love. Well, yeah. Or Zach. Or Zach in Wales. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, but uh, yeah. So I don't know, you know. Uh, but you you bring up some great, you know, points, and I don't I don't know. Maybe that maybe the producers and the writers have like they owe some kind of debt to the Lentz family, be where they have to cast their their kids or something like that. <laughs> because you know, it's like maybe that's what this is. They're paying off some kind of mob debt to oh, the God. Lentz family. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it it sounds just as plausible as any other idea. So yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> oh man. So uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, well, if they were if they were doing that, then I guess uh Brighton's family didn't make a good enough deal with them or something. Oh, she's next. She's <laughs> gonna replace Carol. <laughs> so. Oh no. All right. But um I don't know, like Honestly, I'm not in love with his character, to be honest. Uh, hey, honestly, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see. We shall see how this all plays out. Um, 
I like Henry, but to be totally honest, I, I feel like he is just way too sweet for the zombie apocalypse. I mean, I, I just, I feel like he's, I don't know. I just feel like he's so, he's so innocent. And so the way that they make him, he just doesn't seem like he's tough enough for what's going to come up. But I don't know. Maybe this is a good way to grow him. Mm, yeah. Hey, when you, you know, you start getting your little girlfriend, you know, you start getting that man hair on your chest. It's true. <laughs> hey, you know, he talk ate worms. It's like, talk about tough love. Yeah. He, any any guy that eats worms with me is, like, instantly bonded. So. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. There's Fella, that. If you want to get close to Jen, bring her, uh, <laughs> bring her uh, not a KFC bucket of chicken, but a KFC <laughs> bucket of worms. She's your girl. So... Okay, so before we get to um, um, the the very end, uh, is there anything? I'm talking about the, the very last scene. I know we had a little side thing with the those the newer characters and all of that. Um, is there anything you want to um, get to, uh, especially Jen, before well, we get to the the final scene? Okay, so I do just want to say that that little side quest. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Uh, where they go out to find Luke and Alden. What was interesting to me about that dynamic was specifically not that they went out again, but that they defied Tara to do it. And, mm -hmm. and it was very clear that as we sort of close around to go back toward the end, that when Tara said, look, I'm not 100% sure how to do everything. If you've got a problem with my leadership, then just come to me. It, it, it purposefully, I think, felt like, you know, she is really spongy on a lot of stuff and she doesn't know exactly what to do or what the best way is to do it. But she was, she had foresight enough to go send guards out <clears throat> to go find them. And that to me felt like that was sort of a, a step up on her part, a step up in her own leadership style. So that I, that little dynamic, that little side dynamic felt very important to kind of pay attention to as things progress um, I mean, clearly everybody loves Luke and Alden, right? I, have, I don't even know why we love Luke and Alden, but we do. And nobody wanted to see them, you know, get hurt or whatever. And so everybody can understand why they all go out. But I personally, I just feel like if these people have been on the road for as long as they have been on the road, <clears throat> they wouldn't go out in the middle of the night. That's that's my two cents. I feel like, I mean, yay for Tara for stepping up to the plate and, you know, doing her leadership thing. But what? I, I mean, at that point, I would be like, OK, guys, hit the road. You can't be leaving here at night. Yeah, that yeah, that's crazy. That's, I wouldn't. That's just asking for trouble to go out looking at nighttime. You know, right. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one to think that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to. To play this clip, um, I'm gonna play a clip, and that kind of well, you're gonna hear. Okay, no, you're not gonna hear the crazy sound. Um, okay. I think I can get away with playing this clip because it's short. It is pretty short. You're like, uh, you're like, uh, can we see the clip? Okay, here we go. I'm gonna play this clip. Hopefully, they will not uh, get me for it because it's very short. All right, here we go. Hey, 
and that includes you guys too. So, they only want one thing, and that's their daughter. So, so, so Lydia lied. <laughs> Big time. I mean, not that we should all be surprised, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't blame her. If listen, if I had a mom like Alpha, I'm. I don't know if I. I think I'd be saying no, no, no. They're gonna move on. And just pray that they did. <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think, man? Don't get, don't get interesting is what I thought. <laughs> I mean, uh, she, she looks pretty formidable. Uh, how is she in the comic books? Oh, she's fierce. <laughs> she, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say that this is... I I know a lot of people who don't like this storyline in the comics, but mm -hmm. I really like it. I like it because <clears throat> it's not just the same. Um, you know, the The show does a good job with female empowerment. The comics is it's a little all over the place, <clears throat> but when they do strong women and they do them well, they Pause. they they jump off the page. They they just do a really good job. Um, the one thing that she is not is she is not Negan. So, you know, before anybody starts jumping to the Negan storyline, this is not the Negan storyline. Hmm. So uh, she, she's a formidable opponent in the comic book, huh? She definitely is a formidable opponent in the comic and, and a lot of it has to do with, remember how we were talking before about the idea that these guys have, uh, uh, they've got a cult, not a theocracy, they have a cult belief system. They are, they have their own sort of theology altogether. And it, it, I mean, it really is. You saw a little bit of it in the backstory and the flashbacks. We belong to the world of the dead now. 
And that is very much how they believe that things are supposed to be. So going forward, you know, if they try to push that on established communities, you can see where this is going to be not just conflict ridden, but then also you add in Lydia, who they don't seem to, you know, I don't think anybody's ready to just give her up right away. Um, That seems to be another big problem, too. So just the two of those things together, are definitely you can see where they're going to clash. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be something else. I I can't wait to see how this this plays out. Uh, uh what about you, Olaf? Are you excited? Oh yeah, it's like I said, it's starting to get interesting. It should be not their kind of now that the whispers have come out and they're meeting the other ones. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 excited to see how it turns out. See what what's fascinating is that that whole group that just walked up to Hilltop right in a heartbeat. They could act just like the dead and they would blend into a horde that was walking by and nobody would notice that it to, to me that the insidious nature of that is so frightening because that's ne- that's never been the way that things are. Right. I mean, like well, the. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the, the the funny thing, I, one thing I find funny about the whispers is like, OK. They blend in with the with the with the hordes, and you know they blend in with the dead, and they're not spreading guts and stuff all over them. All they do is put a mask on and go uh, and just wander, you know. And the dead don't bother them. Uh, you uh, you know in in previous uh, seasons and everything, whenever they went in, it's like when any of them would go to walk through a crowd of walkers, you know they would cover themselves with you know, uh, blood or whatever, you know, the guts and things from, from the walker so that they smelt like a walker or whatever. And I find it interesting with the whispers, the only thing they do is put, they get a walker, they peel the, uh, peel the mask off and, or peel the face off and wear the face and then just kind of, you know, act like them and they don't get, they can just blend in. You know, they don't have to go to all the trouble of, you know, putting, you know, old rotten guts on themselves. I find that interesting. Yeah, because it, it means that the that the walkers are not just relying on one method of identifying themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, you know, they're dead and they can't smell, so they wouldn't know that you weren't dead anyway. Mm. Yeah, it. I mean, the you know, the walking dead always brings up a number of <clears throat> interesting, if not ridiculous, ideas that don't have no basis in science at all. So we just sort of have right. to, you know, suspend belief and go, oh, yeah, okay, this is how it is. But it yeah. does it does sort of make you wonder, you know, if if they're not using, I mean, if they are using visual acuity, it is quite interesting to think about um, what that means for the, what that means for the people that are alive. I mean, <clears throat> let's face it. It's not like it, nobody, but the governor really that we've seen so far um, has really took, taken the time to study the dead. Right. I mean, everybody's got their own sort of uses for them, but no one really kind of studies. Well, how does this work and why does this work and you know that kind of stuff and i'm not saying that there haven't been certain instances in the past i'm saying that of the groups that we have right now that memory feels like a very distant and they don't 
access it. So it, it it is kind of strange that there are multiple ways to sort of cheat the dead. Right. But, and, and that they can actually, and of course they whisper because they don't want to talk. If they talk too loud, then the, then the dead's going to be like, hey, you're not dead. You're not one of us. But, you know, how can, how is it they can just, you know, put a mask on, uh, <clears throat> walk, uh, walk all uh, hung over, and every once in a while just kind of go, oh, hey, over here. And they're not eaten alive when they're in the middle of a horde. Do you think that that's something that they will expand upon in the late, in some of the later episodes? Probably not. I don't I don't think they're I, I, I don't see them coming up with the uh, Walker uh, you know Walker theology of yeah. how, how you can how you can how to blend in with the walkers I, I, I feel like it's very much don't please don't shoot me I'm not drawing a direct correlation but I feel like it's very much the Harry Potter kind of idea where you just have to believe that there's magic and then go with it and right. and just understand that that exists not question how it exists because because in the walking dead to question the dead and see this actually brings up a really interesting thing it it brings up the idea that the dead are sort of a, a life form unto themselves right they're right. not just reanimated humans they are but there is clearly something else that sort of goes along with that and so when we start looking at them as a different life form then we can attribute different skills is such a broad word but we can attribute different ideas to them that we wouldn't necessarily assign to just a dead human right well i mean the being able to be able to just put a put on some old you know put on some dirty clothes and a mask and blend in with these uh you know mindless uh food seeking you know uh walkers uh is one of the questions how can you instead of having to spread guts all over yourself to smell like them you can just put a mask on the other thing i want to know is who the hell cuts the grass who cuts the grass in the show <laughs> you know the, 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 the you go into the towns and stuff like that the grass is is cut is there like a is there like a horde of uh, walker uh, landscape guys that you know, what landscape walkers that go through and cut the grass? No, they they have goats. They have goats. Ah, they have yeah. goats. Okay. Well, yeah. that's the that's the you know, inquiring ones want to know like who the hell cuts the grass? I mean, I don't know if they have goats, but I mean they have horses, so maybe they just like let the horses pasture on the common land. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's as good a theory as any. <laughs> I, I agree. I know Zach. Zach's the one that cuts the grass. That's it. Is. <laughs> yeah. In in his afterlife, he's he's the zombie. Uh, he's the zombie landscaper. Yeah, you gotta love that zombie landscaper, dude. Uh, that's funny. Um, okay, so we got off the rails. Um, okay, so Jen Jen did it. I didn't. It wasn't me. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. Uh, I have a, a little news, uh, Walking Dead news. Um, I was going to say, let me start with the good and then do the bad or vice versa, but I think it's all bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, 
this last episode, uh, Omega actually uh, the ratings were really low. Uh, it, it's the lowest. Uh, it's like an the lowest has been in like. I know it seems like we keep seeing that it hasn't been this low since ever. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at this. This is the lowest rated episode of all time. Uh, like where, where, where was it at in the ratings? Uh, it's 4.54. So this Well, is... that's still really respectable, though. I mean, damn. No, but no, the ratings... I, I've, I've said this a million times. The ratings for The Walking Dead is way higher than than uh, than um, any show, basic cable show, for the most part, you know? Um, so it, they're at four point five when they used to be. Yeah, I mean when they used to be like you know, 17, ten, you know, seventeen, eighteen, or, or on average like you know in the fourteen, fifteen range, and now they're down to four. That's a big. Drop. But okay, but if I could make a prediction, <clears throat> and and I don't know if this is going to bear itself out. It may or may not. But I mean, Vikings does something kind of similar, right? Where it goes mm -hmm. up and down in the ratings depending upon kind of what's happening and whether the social media hype and sort of just a whole lot of other things. But I I feel like this is probably pretty expected on the showrunners' part. That is, that they, they knew that Andrew Lincoln was leaving. Uh, there's now been the news that uh, Denai is leaving. There's been the news that you just read uh, your story. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm that much. You go ahead. I mean, it's true, but yeah. We know. We know. Uh, Lauren is leaving. I mean, like, there's a lot of sort of, you know, switching and changing of the guards. There's a lot of, you know, story sort of jumbling. I I feel like they probably expected this, and I think that for the rest of this season it will i don't want to say it's going to be a wash but i don't expect that the ratings would go up very much from where we are right now and i don't think until we get to the end of this season that people will decide yes or no that they want to watch for next season because i believe that what's going to happen at the end of this season is a pretty big event so if that's what does happen then maybe it'll pull more people back in i don't know yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, what's happening is the show was at a such a high, like higher than, you know, I mean, even if the show remained at the top level as far as quality, I don't think you could expect it to stay in the territory it was. You know what I'm saying? So because this, you know, Walking Dead was like appointment viewing, you know, people just had to watch it every week that kind of deal um and you know you can't you just can't expect it to stay that high but um um since what season seven you know season eight it started to decline and now season nine is even just going lower but it had so far to fall like it would have to for it to be like a ratings bust it would have to go down to under 2 million, you know? Yeah. So I don't see it falling that far anytime soon because it still has a huge fan base, you know? So what we're really getting is this is the core audience that still watches it. I right. don't think, I don't think you get people who are just watching it, you know, like, you know, and, and the core has shrunk too, but it's still huge. It's still people love it. And, you know, 
a- any showrunner who started a show would, you know, chop off fingers to get the kind of ratings that at the lowest point at this point, The Walking Dead is getting. So it does say something about there is a, a tenacity on the part of the viewers to stay with the show. It, uh, But I think it'll wax and wane now far more than it ever has. And again, I say this because I've seen the same thing happen with Vikings where, you know, it was like a super popular show. And then depending upon what was happening, it would sort of wax and wane. Was there a big battle coming up? Everybody wanted to tune in. Was there something, you know, super backstabby? Everybody wanted to tune in. But then in other shows, when it was just sort of expose and just, you know, regular old drama and character building, nobody wanted to. Wait a minute. That, so. Let me look at the Vikings rating. I don't It, think... it wasn't as high. It wasn't right. As high That's as what I was about to say. No, no. You no, compare no. Vikings ratings. Well, to... no, you can, but I think you can compare the dips in terms of how many people actually tune in. Not, not the the raw numbers just the the um like if you were looking at it on a graph and you didn't have numbers i think that you would see hills and valleys the same way whereas with a lot of shows you don't usually see those hills and valleys because the core group of people who are steady viewers they just stay steady viewers Mm. hashtag hannibal (laughs) you and hannibal you and hannibal um yeah, but um, yeah, and it's still on too. Uh, Vikings, or is it? Yeah, yeah, it's still on. Vikings, interesting. Vikings is still on. They they announced they 20, one... 20 episodes a season. Jeez. Yeah, they announced one last season, and then they're gonna have a spinoff. Oh wow! Wow, and Michael Hirsch writes every episode. It's crazy, right? Yeah, wow. Okay. That guy is so prolific. Yeah, let me uh before I hear this is uh not a, I thought this was a walking dead show, nerdy <laughs> show. I was he just, did the tutors. I was just gonna say that, but you beat me to it. He did the tutors, which was a great show. I I still gotta see like the last three episodes of the tutors. Oh but, uh, God! But um, <laughs> didn't it go off 2010? <laughs> Hilarious. But uh, anyway, so uh, I know this is not a Tudor's uh, show either. Um, so and the other news was, of course, uh, Denagarer is not going to be on the show anymore. Uh, as Michonne, uh, I think she's going to finish out this season, and no one knows, you know, how she'll come to an end on the show. Uh, so, you know, hey, Michonne. I thought it was a great character when she first started. Unfortunately, um, I don't don't like what they've done with her character. To be honest with you, um, you know, and I always say this: it seems like these shows when they make you the girlfriend, your sh- character goes out the window. So, with a few exceptions, but um, so, but you know, uh, that's coming to an end, and. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of fans will be missing uh, Michonne. Uh, I, I feel like she's making the right choice, though. Yeah. She's she's leaving, number one, on her own terms, and she's... I I, I get it. I mean, I, especially since they built up the Michonne and Rick storyline so much, and then Rick left, that sort of leaves a big hole, you know? There's, like, there's only so much that you can 
put plot wise into that vacuum and without it without it feeling really hollow <clears throat> i don't know I, i'm sure i'm sure that the character michonne if we look back at all of the seasons we would see an amazing character arc that is just absolutely beautifully done but in these last couple of seasons yeah you're right they really sort of squandered the opportunity that they had with her on other stuff which yeah Felt really can, weird. I, can I tell you the, the real reason why she left the show? Why? So she goes to the producers and said, hey, I'm looking at buying a, a house in Atlanta. <laughs> How long will I be on the show? And they told her, oh, you another seven years. You have nothing to worry about. So then she was like, yeah, let me get out of it. You're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> my That's great. Remember. It's like my days <laughs> remembered. Oh, no. That's so like, awesome. <laughs> that's how you find out you're gonna get killed. It's, oh no, you're gonna be on for another ten seasons. Oh yeah, you know. That, 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 that's funny. That's how you determine if you're gonna be on the show or not. Like, going, hey, I'm gonna buy a house here. Is that a good idea? Sure, get it. <laughs> so, I, I, just 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 off the cuff, right? I wonder if this works for other, uh, like fat, you know, factors in our lives. I wonder if we could like. Ask other people. So, hey, Kinte, how long am I going to be on the spotlight? Oh, Kinte. man, for like decades. Should I come buy a house out in LA? Oh, even if you pass away, we're going to be, you're still going to be a co host. So we'll be using a Ouija board. <laughs> so you can Jen, Jen says, A. <laughs> Dude, okay, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. I I just have to say, I just have to say, if that's how it's gonna go, man, your show is gonna be so popular. (laughs) Me and my dead (laughs) co-host. Well, who killed you? K I N A. Great show, you guys. I was like, wait, you just started. Uh, no, I think we're going to end the show right now. We just started the show. And it's like, <laughs> All right. So um, it's like, who killed you? Z A C K. All right. So let's start off with, uh, with you, Olaf. How can people get you on social media? Well, you can stalk me on both Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, but just don't stalk too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. <laughs> I want to get a special sound for Jen, too. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Zach McGowan dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you guys are so cruel. I was, like, I was, oh, wait. Well, I was, I was, I can do that for just. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna suggest something like a dolphin sound or a whale oh, sound. A dolphin no, attacking has- Zach McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> Zach going. Uh, oh, you guys are so you're so mean. I'm gonna tell him you said that. You're so mean. Okay, so how we okay, people. H E Y back from the grave. Uh, people can find me on social media uh, at Following Bliss uh, One, um, both on Twitter and on Facebook. And I still have my awesome website, which I know we're gonna uh, start doing tons more with. 
when we begin Cinema du Fromage. So join Movies Make the Meal and check out all of our in-between stuff. All right. And you can get me at Kente F on Twitter. Get our uh, website, IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y, Radio.org. We'll be back on our regular schedule night on uh, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. With all that said, you have a, I'm sorry, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10 Eastern. Uh, With all that said, you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless. And uh, we'll see you next time right here. Thanks for listening.